At photographycourse.net, you'll be able to swap your expertise with other photographers, make light instead of wishing for it, expand your portfolio, and receive feedback from professionals, all of which will develop your artistic eye. Photographycourse.net offers an abundance of premium courses and challenges for participants at every stage of their journey, from technical settings for portrait photography, to landscape composition tricks, to how to start your own photography business, we have everything you need to start shooting confidently. You can work at a pace that suits you. Our 52-week project challenge will provide you with the educational resources, encouragement, and support that you need to take great photographs every week. You can join us at any time as our themes are evergreen. You can also start by shooting every day and learning something new with our 365 Days of Photography course. Led by an industry expert who has mentored over 10,000 students, this course will help you take your photography skills to the next level with daily, bite-sized videos. Throughout the process of learning, you'll have access to a community that will provide you with inspiration and motivation. Get encouragement from other photographers every single day. Our current limited time offer comes with a special discount code exclusive to the listeners of this podcast. Get 50% off your first year as a premium member. Claim this discount by going to photographycourse.net and entering the coupon code PODCAST. Come join photographycourse.net and capture more than just a moment. Have you ever been interested in taking meaningful and eye-catching self-portraits? If so, our self-portrait photography indoors on a budget course is perfect for you. I'm actually the instructor and I'll be teaching you how to take really beautiful photographs of yourself indoors without investing in any other equipment. These lessons are all about making the most of what you have, experienced or not, and telling an authentic story. There are 30 video lessons that include quizzes, a community of photographers, random surprises, and much more. This is an incredible opportunity for you to improve your self-portrait photography skills and to impress everyone around you. I have a very special discount code just for our podcast listeners. We're offering a 50% discount code just for you. Use this code to claim your discount, Portrait50. Hello, everyone. My name is Taya, and I'm the host of Great Big Photography World podcast, where we interview notable photographers in the industry, give advice on a wide variety of topics, and provide tips for beginners and professionals alike. In this episode, I talk to Gert Wagen, who specializes in squirrel photography. Gert's work is whimsical, thoughtful, and very inspiring. We talk about his photo shoots, how he ended up buying a house in the middle of nowhere in Sweden, and much more. Please enjoy. Hello, welcome to the podcast. I'm so happy to have you here. Please introduce yourself to the listeners. Hello, Taya. My name is uh, Gert Wegen. I'm, I'm born in Holland, and I lived in uh, several countries. At this moment, I'm living in Sweden, and I, uh, where I photograph uh, red squirrels. Red squirrels. Your genre of photography is probably the most unique one I've ever come across. I remember when I found your work for the first time online, I think it was just a few random photographs. I didn't know that it was you who was the photographer. And I was so touched by the pictures. They were so sweet and dreamy and whimsical. And I don't know, your work really had an impact on me. So thank you for that. And thank you for sharing your work with so many people. Thank you for saying that. What camera equipment do you use? The Nikon uh, 850. 
Uh, that's I use it because the, the many pixels it has, so it's it's a gifted chance to crop easier. Uh, and I use now the sixty six hundred millimeter. It's a sigma because sometimes the scars come very close, and so it gives me a wide range of of taking photos with one lens. In the winter, I use a seventy two hundred millimeter uh, Nikon. Um, especially because I need more light and it, it gives me more uh, opportunity to, to get a, a, a bigger aperture. Mm-hmm. That's very interesting. A lot of people, when they talk about camera equipment, they never mention cropping. That's something that's important, though, especially with your kind of photography. As you said, it's important to have a camera with a high megapixel count because then it'll give you more cropping opportunities, as you said. So that's an interesting perspective. Yeah, if if working as close, it's so the tail is so long, and so many times it's close to their body, but uh, they move so quickly, and suddenly the the tail is out. So if I want to have uh, it, uh, so then I may have to make a choice, or I uh, do it without the tail, or I do it with the tail. So it's then uh, so in between the solution is to to go wider and to crop if necessary Mm -hmm. yes i'm curious to know what inspired you to get into school photography specifically when i built this house um, 15 years ago i built it with a balcony and i did not know what to do with a balcony then i built a roof over the balcony i thought maybe it will be a greenhouse or something but um, then uh, I opened the door and there was a fox standing there and um, and he stayed standing there. So I went back in the kitchen and I brought some meat and the fox was still there. And he came about uh, two weeks after each other every day uh, to get some food. And uh, what I do with scars, I started to do with the fox. And in the end, he was uh, uh, I got him in my studio, uh, what I was a balcony then. <laughs> And I had a big box, and I put some food in the box, and he was climbing the box. So it was the the the, the basic of what I do with the, the squirrels. And after two weeks, he was gone. And exactly after that, the bird came, and a, a Russian bird or something I don't know, but uh, they call it a nutcracker, or nutcracker maybe. And uh, I started to do more complex things with the bird, and uh, the bird. Uh, I ate out of my hand the first day already, and he followed me in the garden. So I had a mirror in the garden and, and put uh, uh, so that I could uh, take photos. Uh, the bird was looking in the mirror, and I had mushrooms put out on a table, and I got very nice work also with that bird. And after two weeks or something, it was gone. And uh, with both uh, uh, animals, I got uh, prizes uh, of photography and. Uh, not far after that, the, the squirrels came. So I, I continued to work what I did with the fox and bird and uh, with the squirrels. That's amazing. I think that fox and the bird had such a good photography experience with you that they told the squirrels to come to you. And <laughs> you. Yeah, they, they talk a lot of animals. <laughs> yeah, they do. It's true. I think they have their own wonderful language. But it's amazing that the squirrels came to you in a way and then the birds inspired you and the fox as well. And then you just got into squirrel photography. Did you at any point think to yourself, okay, I will start just taking pictures of squirrels or did it just happen with time? 
it was not planned. It was uh, um, it it came natural. I I don't even remember the first choir who came. Uh, it was because it's all about food. Um, the fox would not come back if the if I did not have food. The, the bird would not come back if I did not. The same with Paul. So. Um, in the beginning, I uh, did not want to feed uh, birds and uh, animals because my point of view was that they have to care for th themselves and less interaction with people. But after my experience with the fox and uh, after the bird, I changed my mind. And um, because the experience I have directly with the animals, it's, it's a win-win situation. And um, so I thought I don't give them too much uh, food so that they still don't need me. But I started to give food to the basic. And because of the food, I think the squirrels came. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And it's interesting that you say that it's a win-win situation. I think that is definitely the case because you get to take great pictures of them and they get to be fed by you. So, yeah, it's a mutually beneficial relationship. Yeah, it's the same with models. You pay for a model and they do the work. And, and, and in a way, the squirrels are doing the same. That's very true. And you moved to Sweden some time ago, as I read in an interview that you had with someone. You bought a small house in Sweden and you now live in an isolated area. How did this kind of life change your creativity? Yeah, in Holland, I did creative things. I, I was a lot of in shamanism and healing in, in the sound concerts. Um, I, um, I, I did with, with uh, geometric things and I, with uh, numeric uh, cubism. I, I did a lot, but I could not work big. And since I came to Sweden, I started a lot of with wood carving and wood projects and um, uh, uh, stone projects, garden projects, and all the projects became bigger and bigger. And but they became so big that uh, it took too much place, and I could not sell. So photography was a perfect way to um, to expand my my uh, creativity in, into a commercial thing. Also, it was uh, uh, to be an, a woodcarver. It's very hard to to make a living from that kind of things. Uh, uh, here where I live, isolated, to do a uh, uh, garden design and, and stone design. Uh, there's not much job in, in work in that. And I don't want to travel a lot from my home. So perfect what I'm doing now. Absolutely, yeah. And what inspired you to move to Sweden in the first place? Now, I... I lived in Amsterdam at that time, and um, I knew that I before I went to uh, forty of the age of forty, I want to uh, live in an isolated area and more into the nature. And I did not know which country; it could be anywhere. But so I sold everything and I bought a small boat and I um, uh, quit my job. I, I had almost nothing anymore. Um, I lived in the boat a half year in on the the. the, the uh, how do you say it, on the river in Amsterdam, and um, to prepare to go uh, wherever the wind was taking me. And in March, uh, I was 2013, I think, something. Um, I decided uh, just to go, and nobody knew that I left Holland at that time. I just, just took my boat and, and, and went away. And the wind came from almost south, so it was, the was, only solution for me was going to north 
or Norway or Sweden or something. Or mm-hmm. um, so in the end, after a half a year sailing uh, adventure, I, I arrived in Sweden. Oh, what an interesting story. Must have been interesting to just quit your job. Must have been very liberating to do that and then to buy a house and to yeah. and to, you know, live this new life. I was uh, very afraid. Uh, I was uh, because I said everybody I, I love you and I never see you again and that is what I did. Uh, no family, uh, no friend, no girlfriend anymore, no job, no, nothing, no security, no no money, no income. And it uh, was a very hard thing to do. But my heart knew that I had to do this for my new development, for a new thing, what I really wanted to do. Wow, well, that really proves the importance of staying true to yourself, even if it's scary at first. It's really scary, yeah. Yeah, and when did you start to feel like you had made the right decision? Like, when did the fear start to go away? It, the, the fear comes especially when uh, saying goodbye to special people, I think. Because then uh, then uh, I see the pain for myself uh, because I know what I, I throw away. And um, uh, if I would not have that people, then uh, better those people and have that confrontation that then it was would have been much easier I think so the the moment that I uh, went away was on my boat and, and sailed it everything was gone till I got an accident on the North Sea after four days sailing and a big boat crashed me and it was storm and I had a small boat and I could not sleep in four days I was so tired and uh, so my mask was gone middle of the night, it was raining, and um, so I thought I, I die. Uh, the big boat did not even see my little boat. Mm. And I, then I got uh, afraid again because I thought uh, this is the end of the adventure already after four days because I could not sail anymore. My, my effort. And I thought my, my boat is sinking, but but I made it in the end. Wow. Wow, you've had a very interesting life. So many adventures. <laughs> yeah interesting thank you for sharing all of that i read your interview with my modern met in 2018 and you said that you became the main photographer for a youth newspaper and then you lost interest in photography at some point how did you get back into photography after that experience um i here in sweden i um started to do an, an, an education for adults uh, to to be an masonry um, and a wood cutter a wood wood maker how do you say it uh, wood, wood. <laughs> working with wood building and, and that kind of things and building uh, tables and then uh, furniture yeah. But um, after maybe a half a year, they uh, gave me an, an, a stipendium, uh, money to, to go away because I made much too much things on a school and I think I was much too expensive for them, all the material I used. So I, I, uh, they paid me for a travel and I uh, went to uh, Iceland to do their building project to renovate an old church or something with nature stones. And there I picked up my uh, my camera again. Uh, in, in this case, the digital uh, uh, camera. And uh, I was used to the black and white uh, to have, have my own uh, dark room and to do everything with the hand. 
this was a luxury because I did not have to invest anymore in material. I just could throw away a photo if I don't want it. And uh, I liked that that way of photographing uh, because uh, there the are not many uh, investments anymore. And I, I directly see what, what happened uh, with a digital camera. So in that time, I don't know, maybe... Uh, 12 years ago or 10 years ago, then I really started to, to photograph again. Mm, that's very interesting to know. And yeah, I mean, a lot of people who are used to digital photography take it for granted that it's so easy compared to film photography. You're right. We don't have any dark rooms anymore. We don't need to worry about any of those processes. You just take a picture and upload it and that's it and edit it. It's much simpler. So, yeah. It's a, an interesting perspective because all I'm ever used to is digital photography. Like when I first started, I used a digital camera. So I sometimes take for granted the fact that it's so easy to use. <laughs> it's amazing. In that time, maybe uh, max, I took five photos from a, a subject I wanted to photograph. Not more because all the, the, the money I had to spend. And now I take hundreds of photos to have that moment what I want. Uh, with the scrolls, but if I would uh, have the old way here with the scrolls, I would not take so many photos. I think. Mm. Oh, so thank God for digital photography. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank God. Yeah. In another interview, you mentioned that finding the right props is a difficult part of squirrel photography, and you use the most beautiful miniature props, like chairs and little houses, and it's so adorable. And I'm curious to know. Do you look for specific props to use or do you randomly look through miniature objects and then find something that works for you? Uh, they're both. Um, I, I've got things in my mind what I'm still uh, looking for. Let's say a really big mushroom where a squirrels can go in and a realistic uh, looking mushroom. Uh, I did not uh, find it yet because they are all a little bit too small. Um, uh, windmill. I want to have a big windmill fitting for squirrels, and, and that's a hard thing because it's not a, that easy. And so, I have a lot of ideas still in my mind, but I did not find. So, uh, in an other way, I also uh, uh, capture uh, work with props. It's the way I uh, look uh, in a, on an online flea market, and suddenly I see something I did not realize that it was a good idea to uh, work with that. And so then the prop uh, decides uh, what I'm going to do instead of the idea I had. And the third method is, is the squirrels make stories, but I did not thought it was possible. <laughs> and um, sometimes they, I look to the squirrels and think, wow, wow, that moment I can pick. Or um, with that prop, I can do something else because these squirrels show me that there is something else more beautiful to know. Photographycourse.net is a place where you can find an abundance of photography inspiration in different forms like premium courses, articles, video tutorials, editing resources, and much more. We have a thriving community where you can meet new people, receive constructive criticism, and discover new ideas every single day. Here is a message from one of our top community members, Robert Morton. Hi, my name is Rob. I specialise in wildlife photography and landscape photography. I'm a member of photographycourse.net online community. 
I like the community because you get some fantastic ideas and some great feedback. So take your photography to the next level by clicking the link in the description. That's what I did and I haven't looked back. If you want to join our online community, go to photographycourse.net and enter the coupon code PODCAST to get 50% off your first year as a premium member. Our 365 Days of Photography course is an amazing opportunity for you to grow as a photographer. My teammate, Kevin LJ, has produced this course in a step-by-step format, which is very easy to follow. The course is presented in bite-sized lessons, each with a practical challenge. You'll learn and practice a new aspect of photography every single day. Each lesson is around five minutes long, and you can spend as much time on the challenges as you like. There's also a friendly forum where you can share the photos you take and get constructive feedback from others in the course. Kevin's professional photography experience is extensive. He covers not only photography essentials, but also many genres of photography throughout the course. You will learn far more about photography than simply how to use your camera. For our listeners, we're offering a very special discounted price of $199. The final price will soon be $365, so make sure to take advantage of this great deal today. Mm, That's very interesting. I love that. And since you work with wood and stone, do you ever make your own props? Yeah, I make a lot of props myself. Uh, it's, um, there's a lot of time consuming in props doing uh, doing self, uh, making self. And it's and the hard thing sometimes for me is to invest a lot of time to make a prop and I use it only one time. And so I, I made a, 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 a wishing well with small pebbles. And it, it takes maybe uh, 10 or 12 hours to make it, maybe more. Uh, or I made uh, a little a to- toilet, outside toilet, and it was fun. But then uh, I have it, and then I cannot do anything anymore because I have already the photos. Of, and uh, I'm so busy. I have I, I have to process so many uh, photos still. I'm, I'm two years, two and a half years behind. Oh. And so every prop I make, it's it's interesting, but then it's easier to buy a prop. And uh, um, I started this year to sell the props again because I had thousands of props everywhere and it, it was too much. So it's easier to, to look for a prop and invest their money in and because it's uh, easy with the time also. Mm, yeah, that makes a lot of sense in it. It's a reasonable decision that you're making. And I'm surprised to know that you're so many years behind on editing. How long does it take you to edit? You probably spend hours editing pictures every day, right? So uh, let's say uh, today I had not so much time, but I I, uh, captured about 300 photos. Uh, One was uh, a big basket I had. I want to uh, the squirrels climb in the basket with the lock on it. So they have to open the lock. So it was a new experience for them also. And it takes, uh, it took me three days before the first squirrels understand that they can open the lock and go in and find the food. And the moment I want to photograph is to um, have them just open the lock with their head and with a big uh, pine uh, cone in the mouth and that moment I wanted to to shoot and so I managed to uh, today to uh, uh, to throw away maybe uh, one third of the photo to look quickly and to give them a star and maybe uh, a four star is uh, there I really have to look uh, into it and um, 
tomorrow morning I hope to to process some photos and then that's it because then I have already a new day and so um, that means that I hopefully in two and a half years I can really be very serious and look to this and and select another thing so maybe I will select three or four photos what I did today but uh, it's I think I can pick ten photos of it. It's so interesting. It must be very interesting to go through old pictures that you took years ago and pick your favorites. So I can imagine how fascinating that is. Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, all the time uh, put the uh, priorities. The most fun, of course, is to uh, find a new prop and to create a new scene. And uh, like to, I, I planted, uh, I bought a lot of uh, uh, bulbs uh, for flowers for lilies and uh, uh, things. Takes me sometimes two years to grow before I can take photos with as well. So today I had a tiger lily, a white tiger lilies. I only had two in my garden, so I, I had to make some photos uh, today with them. And I had some very very beautiful photos, but I think it it can be better. So the uh, flowers uh, will be destroyed often, but the, the tiger lily is quite strong and. Uh, I had very good photos with birds and the tiger lily today, and um, but I'm not so focused on birds. I'm focused on squirrels. <laughs> so the flowers don't don't look so beautiful uh, anymore. But I think I maybe tomorrow I can still use them one time more because I'm looking for something special what I did not find today. Mm-hmm. Good luck with that photo shoot. And it seems like you're a picky photographer. And correct me if I'm wrong. Are you very hard on yourself when it comes to photos? Are you very picky? I'm always hard on myself. Mm-hmm. Everything what I do, I'm hard on myself. And uh, um, I can do better. And I hate mistakes. And uh, I hate wasting my time and energy. And I'm hard on myself. Yes, I am. I can relate to that. Yeah, when I have photo shoots, I want them to have good results. I want everything to be perfect. So I understand how you feel. <laughs> yeah, it's it's hard, but you you are doing also uh, self portraits. I um, to, to, I do a lot of self portraits with the the spouse also to have a remote in one hand. But um, and then I I hope that they are sharp, and I don't care so much. I, I care that the squirrel is sharp, but I don't have to be sharp. And, Self-protection, it's, it's a quite hard thing. And because um, you know already how uh, and what you want to do. and But then you have to, you don't see what you do. And it's just a lucky thing. And, and hope that the squirrels also are, are there in place when I, I, it's hard to have the remote and, and selfie, make selfies. It is, yeah, especially with animals, especially with squirrels who are unpredictable. I mean, even with a cat, it's difficult to take soft portraits. With squirrels, I can't imagine what it's like. <laughs> <laughs> what technical advice would you give to aspiring wildlife photographers? I, I, I thought about this question and I had a good answer, but I, I answered something else new because I cannot uh, come at the answer I wanted to answer. Um, the, the lens, a quick lens, is very important. Uh, technical uh, is also food, uh, and maybe it's not a co- um, uh, uh, equipment minded, but it's a technical thing. A technical thing uh, about uh, uh, is the pose, the way the animal moves, has all has a lot of thing uh, to do with where to hang or where to put the food. 
And um, so I direct them with food. It's um, what normally uh, 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 people do with a model. They say what the model has to do, but they could read almost the same with a model when they uh, challenge the, the, the model with something. Maybe something what is moving in the air or what get their attention or uh, that's what food is doing for me. Well, that's very interesting. It's very good technical advice. And by the way, I'm curious, what kind of food do you give the squirrels? I changed over, uh, during uh, my eight years. Um, in the beginning, I gave them a little bit more uh, peanuts with shells, but peanuts is uh, it's risky. It can be a risky thing because uh, still they uh, use poison in, uh, um, to, to grow them. Um, it's not a nut, a peanut, it's a bean. And so it doesn't give so much, uh, how do you say it, energy to the animal. Um, I try to uh, give them as much uh, as possible seeds because seeds uh, are so small, they need a lot of time consuming and sitting on the same place to get the food they want. Problem with nuts is uh, there's a big chance when I give a walnut or hazelnut or uh, African nut, uh, it can be that they take the nut and go in a forest again and I, I'm losing them yeah. too quick. So, um, I use a lot of uh, nut paste uh, so as a glue. So then I put a little nut paste on, on a, let's say, a tennis racket. And I put a little uh, a piece of nuts on the, on a tennis racket. And often that's enough because they, they mostly they use their smell, uh, their nose, and not so much the eyes and not so much the other, uh, uh, yeah, how do you say it? the nose <laughs> so when they smell uh, the the little uh, nut pass so I, so I put on a tennis record a bit of nuts then there's a big chance that they pick the uh, nut tennis record in the hands uh, to to eat that little uh, paste so uh, nut paste is a very very important in, ingredient food ingredient what i use wow well that sounds like a secret that you just shared with everyone. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Uh, all the videos are out on a YouTube channel, or uh, uh, I now I have a little bit more secrets uh, because I, uh, I, I I every day I load up uh, new material on, on uh, Patreon, Patreon, and uh, the people have to pay uh, every month a little fee. But there I'm more uh, serious in what I'm doing. Because um, I separate myself a little bit more for the, uh, from the social media and uh, to give everything away. And I thought uh, I have to uh, take it a little bit more back and to give it a little more secretive uh, because I gave too much away, I think. Mm. Yeah, that's important for photographers and for artists to keep in mind because, you know, we have our own lives, we have our own techniques, we need to support ourselves financially. So, yeah, it's important to keep some things to yourself and then leave that for like maybe premium members. Yeah, you have to have a strategy for that. It's amazing how many uh, photographers now doing what, what I'm doing and uh, many ideas or so. And in the time that I started, there were maybe four photographers who, who were doing these kind of things. Um, 
uh, in a different way, but uh, we did not follow each other. We suddenly we were there, and uh, before that, almost nobody did it. And uh, but now, so so many people are doing what we are doing, and uh, uh, it's, it's so. Sometimes it's it's a little bit sad to see <laughs> that this happening, that people get the big prizes or awards for the things what <laughs> what we, we we did in in the past and. So we are not so important anymore, and uh, and, and um, that's maybe also because we gave a, little, a lot of secrets away. Yeah, uh, yeah. Hmm, that is an interesting perspective. But do you get inspiration from other photographers? I don't follow other others uh, uh, to get. Uh, I I have too many ideas, but I. What I do every day, I look to Google and I look if, uh, if my work was published somewhere or when people do illegal things. Uh, uh, I About 300 claims I, I put uh, to Amazon because they use my, uh, uh, my photos on products illegal. And I really hate it. A lot of products are for sale there with my photos. And uh, but sometimes it gives me inspiration because that moment sometimes I see other uh, others work, and uh, then it uh, suddenly I think, oh, wow, what a good idea! <laughs> yeah, I can do something with that. Yeah, that's interesting. Well, my last question for you is: What is the one thing that you'd like to achieve in this great big photography world? Yeah. Um, to do nothing anymore. Mm. Um, I'm always have been a person to get results and uh, if it's not not a photography then it's something else and um, it's it's nice because it's a kind of personality it's to achieve to get more uh, out of it and and to do better and uh, one of the reasons why I went isolated is to do nothing, to to go in myself and to to connect. And uh, this kind of photography, still, what I am doing is a lot of uh, about money and uh, about results. And um, uh, it it it's it's consuming a lot. And especially this kind of photography, it takes so much time uh, to have just a, a, a few photos. And uh, it's uh, I, I cannot complain about financial thing because I don't have to spend much. Uh, I, I uh, the way I live it's very cheap, so the, um, I don't need much money. But the goal is to not to be dependent anymore about uh, about photography or about selling and that kind of things. That's that's the ultimate goal. Mm-hmm. So you would still like to continue taking photos, but not depend on it financially, right? Yeah, I think I'm not really a photographer. Um, if I see people, they take the camera with them uh, to the forest or to to the uh, happenings, and I, I'm not I'm not like that. And if I see a, a moose uh, in a forest. I don't think about the camera. That's not uh, that's not not who I am. That's not the first thought I have, and um, that's why I think I'm not a really really photographer. I'm an artist. Uh, I'm a nature lover, an animal lover, and um, I think the camera I use m- mainly as a tool to create art 
what I really deep for myself feel because I, I have all the time that 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 feeling that I have to create and but um, <laughs> I hope that it rests sometime. Just mm-hmm. just just let it go. Mm. Wow, well, what an interesting story! Thank you so much for openly talking about your past and your present and. Thank you for sharing your work with the photography community. Even though you don't consider yourself just exclusively a photographer, I think your pictures are absolutely amazing. And I look forward to seeing more beautiful squirrel photos in your gallery. Uh, You will, Daya. Thank you. Thank you, too. Great Big Photography World wouldn't be what it is without our incredible listeners. We're grateful for the time you take to listen to other photographers' stories and share your feedback with us. If you'd like to help us keep this podcast running smoothly, you can become a member on our website. In return for your help, we'll provide you with all kinds of exciting perks. Go to greatbigphotographyworld.com. There's a link to it in the show notes. This week's episode was a very eye-opening and inspiring one for me, and it also compelled me to look at my life from a different point of view. I admire Garrett's courage, and I'm glad that he now lives in a place where he feels free to experiment with all kinds of art forms. Please check out his squirrel photos if you haven't already. You will not regret it. See you next week! There's a simple reason why PhotographyCourse.net is the highest rated photography community in the world. It's because the people who use it made it that way. Why not join us right now? Improve your skills, get exposure, and discover an exciting new world of photography. While you're at it, claim your special discount code by going to photographycourse.net and entering the coupon code PODCAST to get 50% off your first year as a premium member.